okay? Um, but, uh, and so she's not coming from that space. This is more of an individual, um, I'm making it worse, okay. Uh, so, um, but she's blessed so many people. Uh, in, in multiple areas uh, of the finance and so I've had uh, Sean, uh, I want to give you a moment Shauna to just kind of maybe introduce yourself and then we'll kind of just kind of go from there is that cool because I don't want to say the wrong thing you are totally fine so I am I am truly honored and very thankful to be here with you all this afternoon um, and I pray that our conversation is really robust but also very impactful for all of your viewers, all of your listeners. And of course, we'll make sure that everyone has the invitation um, to a couple of different resources that we'll make available. But just to kind of give you guys a little bit about my story and then obviously my passion. Um, I'm 42 years old now, but at the age of 27, I met with my first financial advisor. And so what I realized is that that individual couldn't really relate to my needs. Um, they couldn't relate to the fact that I didn't have a high net worth nor a high net income. And so as a result of that, I felt like he kind of patted me on my, my head and said, hey, good luck. He didn't have any intentions around helping me. So two years later, fast forward, I was really serious about being financially responsible and secure. And real quick, the reason why is because I saw my parents do something that was very, very strong and had a lasting impact and effect. I saw them at the kitchen table working through their budget, and they invited me to sit down at the table and write out checks. However, mm -hmm. some years later, I also saw them hand me a pot and say, Ashonda, heat up some hot water on the stove. This is how you're going to have to take a hot bath for like the next week. Okay. So those, those things stuck with me, right? So at 29 now, I'm sitting down with my second financial advisor and he talked so much. You all, I felt like I was Charlie Brown listening to his mother. <laughs> But he did help me at least establish a Roth IRA. But what he didn't do was ask me what my vision, values, and goals were like. It was just, hey, this is a recommendation. But it, I didn't have an affinity towards it. So I didn't continue it. For, for, I um, attended Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University course. I didn't attend one. <laughs> I was ah, so understanding the tips. Right. I, I attended two. Okay. Mm. But what I realized was that the tips were great. Okay. Right? The strategies were significant. Okay. But I didn't have anybody helping me to really identify my blind spot. Right. 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 And so I just said, you know what? And it wasn't really me. It was that internal quiet voice. And it was like, God said to me, Ashonda, if you don't see it, be it. Mm, that's so, good. I have a passion. Ooh, that's a whole that's a whole word right there. Ooh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have a passion, particularly with helping progressive men mm -hmm. um, who are in affluent spaces to dominate in their finances and financial plan. But okay. over the course of twelve years, particularly the last four, where I've provided holistic financial planning, I mm -hmm. mean. Probably 80% women, um, I'm sorry, 60% women marketing is towards men just because I have, I just have this unique belief that I can help more men to minimize their financial losses and okay. set them up for true financial stability and freedom. 
So let's let's go to that. And that's that's awesome because that's that's purpose talk right there. Um, And uh, Charles, I think you kind of felt something, too, when uh, with the whole. But I want to throw this out there because a lot of times as men, we don't want to move into um, seeking advisory, whether it's about our relationships, whether it's about our finances. We've more been we've more been built to just I can do it myself or I've been it's been working for me thus far, even though it hasn't been. If you really look at it, it ain't been. And it could be so much better. Um, and I think that that's one of the things I can start off by saying is that once I started working with you, I was able, I saw the, you you identified the blind spots. And some of them blind spots, I was like, how did I not see that? You know? Um, and so it, I just want to, I, I love the fact of how you said that, identifying the blind spots. I think that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest pieces. Um, I don't know, Charles, what do, you, what do you think? Like a lot of, a lot of times as men, we're not trying to, get our advisory the way that we need to and finances is such a huge area would you agree absolutely like i think the the where where men are at a disadvantage is that whole macho attitude of i'll figure it out Mm -hmm. and and it's it's the same concept that you see with you know driving directions in certain men like (laughs) i'll you know i'll figure it out and you end, up, you end up two hours out of the way because you don't want to look to your partner. You don't want to look to the woman that's beside you that's saying, we're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I've done this, but I think that that's huge to say that because whether it's directions in a car or whether it's finance, like sometimes we need to stop right now. And even in this space where we have more time to actually identify blind spots, some of us need to call a meeting and say, we're going the wrong way. I think that's great. Uh, no, Charles, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. That was good. That way you no, no, that's, you... it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's the ability to be, uh, to understand that in order for me to be a leader, mm-hmm. I have to understand as a man mm-hmm. that, the, that, that the Lord has graced me with a, a helper for a reason. And has graced me with with being connected with people who have strengths that I don't have, mm. and being humble enough to be able to say, you know what, finances is my blind spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Help, help me out with Alexis. Help me out with my with my emotional spending or whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Help me with a a long term wealth plan. Mm-hmm. That that's going to that's going to go past me generations. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, Shawnee. Shawnee, he's jumping into your topics already. Shawnee, he's jumping into your topics. <laughs> certain men have that issue. Wait, did y'all hear me? I love me? it. I love it. Okay, Keep running yeah. with it. You're making my job easier. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of going in and out, but I can still make out what you're saying. But hey, hey, so uh, first of all, Alexis, what's going on, man? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, I can hear you guys just fine. Okay, hello, Alexis. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing amazing, like you. Hey, look. So we 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 getting on in, into this money talk real quick, Alexis. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 uh you walking there, huh? That's why I got my glasses on. Anytime okay. I'm talking about money, I have to go and grab my glasses. <laughs> that's that intellectual look, huh? I know that's right. Oh, I know that's right. Miami. <laughs> right, yeah. that's right. <laughs> 
Mentally, Listen, I am. I'm I need to get my background change on. I didn't get, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real, I need to. And I got the green background, too, for real. Yeah, I need to fix that up. You change your background. You know that. Yeah, I didn't even, I don't even, I tried to do the little light bulb things. It was all over the place. So I said, forget it. Uh-oh. They're drinking stuff for me. I need. It's <laughs> because of your processor. Uh-huh. Hey, so you know what, Shonda, he was kind of going into a, a direction that I didn't want to jump in front of you with regard to uh, what are some, uh, you know, maybe some tips or whatever case it be. I don't know, uh, some, some things uh, that to kind of shift our mindset um, about money and wealth and things of that nature. What are, what, are, what are some of the ways that we want to turn around, call that meeting and say, hey, um, I'm going in the wrong direction, as Charles said. What, what's the next space that we need to walk in? So I think a couple of things. I think there's got to be a change with the conversation within ourselves. Okay. And when that happens first, then there, there will be a change with the behaviors that we exhibit. Okay. That way we can begin establishing sustainable success. And so two things that I've come to understand in regard to how we think about money, and a lot of people throw this term around quite a bit, and they really don't know what it truly means and what it means first and foremost. And, and a gentleman helped me to understand this. I did not come up with this on my own. I was, I was probably still in my twenties and seeking help and seeking guidance. And the word principles for him kind of translated into the word pillars. What are certain philosophical pillars that you believed in? And so anyway, principles means that these are fundamental truths that serve as the foundation for a system of beliefs and behaviors. Mm. So I do want to say that again, fundamental truths, right, that serve as for a system of beliefs and behaviors. And I think when we begin to understand that that's applicable to every aspect of our life, right, but when we really hone in on the financial piece, since that's what we're highlighting today, then you'll realize that just like jumping off of a 17-foot building, there's mm. the principle of gravity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you say? My, my connection get a little Backing slower. Backing up now. bad debt. Okay. Right. So the first thing is understanding that there are certain financial principles. And you guys will be able to find that in my book, uh, Wealth Over Riches, 10 Principles to Shift from Looking Rich to Building Wealth Habits. So shameless okay. plug. but I'm Okay. No, no, no. And no, that's no shame. And now plug plug it. It. So you had to get your plug. Plug it. But I also believe that it comes from, you know, what, what have you told yourself in regards to how you relate to money, right? Okay. So it's, it's interesting. Would you guys believe that um, money does have an impact on happiness? Come on. That, that, the household is different. I don't care what nobody says. The household be different. Hey, listen, you're right? saving marriages right now. Right. So it's a joy when you feel like you can get the, un when you get that unexpected bonus at work. Draw up to a hundred qualified or non-qualified retirement plans just based on the new regulations. Or when you make a sale, that's a big, big ticket item, or you sell a stock that, you know, you took a huge risk in and it doubled or tripled in value. Right. That's, delivers a rush right yes. 
And so we have to assess our physiological responses to money, but mm -hmm. also understand our philosophical beliefs about capital. So I tell people all the time, listen, it's, it's important to realize that money and your brain are very um, seductive, or mm -hmm. I should say money has a seductive nature towards your brain. There's literally a match that what happens to our bodies or I should say it matches what happens to our bodies when we began to think about love and sex. Mm. So, so, so then is it like a dopamine uh, effect or whatever? I mean, I think a big check does bring some dopamine. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and say that, but closing deals that does bring a dopamine. Okay. Um, but um, I think that listen and a lot and a lot of it, a lot what? of it. Well, research, research from, Absolutely. Wait, there was a there was a gap in there. I couldn't hear everything you said. You said research shows what? No, no, no. I was about to go into that, but you were saying something, so I wanted to give mm -hmm. space for you. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know what it was the, the time delay in the internet. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was just going to to reiterate that research from behavioral economists and mm -hmm. neuroscientists have confirmed that um, it can be difficult to remain rational when it comes to money management, the use of debt, savings and investment behavior. So that word is powerful. It's difficult for us to be rational. That's not meaning that we should lean into that with an excuse, but it's real. Mm. And if you tap on top of that, among our African-American culture, where we've dealt with PTSD, we've dealt with disparity, we've dealt with opportunities and we deal with a foreshortened sense of future like I don't know if my future is going to be here for me because so many of my friends I've seen them kill along the way right so we I definitely want to make sure that people like I said purchase the book for the for the principles for some of the fundamentals um, to have that mindset shift but the realities are that we have to pay very close attention to how we think about money and, and then ask ourselves the question is this serving me so let, let me throw something out there. Um, and I think that because what, what I'm hearing a lot now about couples trying to, I guess, recreate this thing and put this thing back together. But I actually want to take a moment, I guess, and dial back to um, in the unmarried phase, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe some habits that uh, if you were to speak to some of maybe the singles that are out there, whatever case may be. Um, and I would say, like, say, let's say, for example, you know, uh, Alexis has her budget that she has right now, right? And Alexis, you can speak to maybe how you do whatever you do. Or Charles, mm -hmm. you know, you have your budget. So you guys have yourselves. And then in order to, I guess, the, the mind shift that goes during that time of what, what they should be doing before you move into, I guess, the married space. You know, um, I don't know. I just that, just that thought just came to my mind uh, because right now they're making decisions for themselves. And then down the road, they got to focus on making decisions with somebody else. Mm hmm. Um, did, did Alexis want to lean into that or did you want me to just, what, what question, um, were you asking? I'm sorry. I wasn't clear because of the, no, I was, I was just speaking of, uh, I guess the habits that people form, I guess, in, in the single space, um, or maybe some of the things that you do financially or Charles that you do financially, or how do you prepare yourself in this space or whatever? I don't, you know, yeah, I just, I mean, I think that it's really important as best you can to, you know, we, we talked about this on one of our podcasts before is take care of your business first. Right. Uh, 
your finances. You know, I feel like if you show an effort that, hey, I've as a single person, I've done what I needed to do to pay my debt. Show that it was important to me. So when I partner with someone, mm -hmm. they already kind of see that I've taken some steps to if I perhaps had some issues with credit, mm -hmm. that I did my part. And I'm not going into a situation unresponsible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a, a problem because if I'm dating someone and and you have not taken care of your business, Hello. A, we're speaking two different languages because mm -hmm. it's like you're asking, especially when you're talking marriage, you're on a journey to where now we're talking marriage. And so your mm -hmm. situation is now my situation. Mm -hmm. And why am I going to put so much energy towards something that you didn't even handle when you were single? Now you're looking to me to kind of help pay off some of your debt. And it's, I just think it's like ridiculous that people don't spend time at, while they're single to clean up the, the mess that they may have made in their early twenties. Like we're all, we've all been there. Yeah. I personally have understood the um, importance of credit at a very young age. Um, I think I opened my first revolving account and I made, payments on time and did all the things that I learned from my mother, actually, mm -hmm. just watching her make some mistakes. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start early and I'm going to do what I need to do. So I did the research. I understood everything that it meant um, as far as making those uh, um, payments on time and things like that. I knew how it would impact if I didn't take care of my business at a young age. So it's like, I, I, I speak that early into dating just to see if it's something that that person is also equally passionate about because maybe it's not a value to them, you know, and it's like they don't care about credit. And if they don't care about credit, problem number one, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with someone who doesn't have the same values as I do, mm -hmm. for one. And, fi and financially, I feel like that should be at the core. That should be a conversation that you should be comfortable with having with the person that you're talking about marrying. And we're not really taught a lot about, go, go ahead, Charles. Charles, you about to say something? No, I was just, I, I was just, I mean, personally, um, I, mm -hmm. as a man, I've I can learned, hear you, I can hear you, Charles. Can you hear me? Oh, okay, cool. I, I was saying personally, as a man, for me, especially post-divorce, you know, getting married at 21 mm -hmm. and then divorced at 23, you know, uh, I, I, I developed the, uh, the attitude of needing less. Mm -hmm. Um, and eliminating that, that feeling of, of, of attempting to impress, mm -hmm. like actually having, mm -hmm. actually having it and not looking like I mm -hmm. have it. And I think that uh, that's that's been a that's been a big issue. That's been a big issue with the people that, uh, that surrounded the, um, as far as like associates uh, with with young men that are around. Everybody is driving the cat or. And they're driving those savory and wearing the Balenciaga sneakers, but you don't have anything. <laughs> like, yep. You have nothing. 
you have you have on a you have on a two hundred life of me. It literally blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it was awesome at an early age because my mother, my mother is a savant financial. I mean, a crazy. I mean, she's been she's been pushing budget on me since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And her credit is. <laughs> my mother's credit is outstanding. You know what I'm saying? Immaculate. Immaculate. So my mom is always, you know, my my mom has been my mom has been very, very uh, uh just she's been pivotal. She's played a pivotal role in the way developed and grown as a man and then have been blessed in so many different areas. Uh, to uh, to to live very comfortably at now thirty, and I want to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I want to be at a better place. And so, I just I feel like one of the main issues for men who are uh, of 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 all ages is is trying to. It's trying to look like you're able to cover. Charles, if I can, I want to I want to interject on that and really lean into that mm-hmm. because that's the premise of my book: the ten principles to shift from looking rich to mm. building wealth habits. I'm not even I'm not even talking about just wealth itself. That's in uh, book number two, right? But if we don't begin to shift mindset and and here have displayed uh various um tips strategies to do what not do i believe that we can and i think elam and i about this one it's just as important to go from experiential learning into observational learning or vice versa yeah and so we've learned quite a bit. And, and Alexis, I heard you say this about your mom, what you learned, what you took away. And, and one of the things that you said was you learned what not to do as well. Mm-hmm. And I think those two things are equally important. Listen, our parents did the best they could with what they know, what they had. Let's just yeah. keep it real, right? Yeah. So versus condemning, complaining, we're not going to do that. We're just going to take. And so this is one of this ties into one of my tips. Let's take um, an, an, an admittance of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And take responsibility for what we are doing and how we're thinking, how we're thinking and what we're doing. That's number one. We can always self-identify our glaring blind spots. Would y'all agree with that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) I know when I've eaten too much over the week. (laughs) Right. And and haven't right trimmed down. down some of the <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what I'm doing right my carb intake. <laughs> I recognize that, right? I admit to it. I own it. And then, and I think what happens there is once we can identify that, just to start, is to. Um, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I see your message. I just wanted to make sure I adhere to it. Um, I want to make sure that we commit to working on one or two of those areas. For like the next 21 days, right? They say it takes between 21 and 30 days to create a new habit. Don't focus on everything. Take a snippet, one piece of the pie, and figure out how can you better improve that area, right? And then the last piece on that is just really track your success. You know, I I recently recommitted to my financial weight loss, and I'm not even big, right? It's just I know where I like to be. 
I know how I like to look. I know that I don't want to revamp my wardrobe, right? And there's a couple of fly outfits that's still in there once this post-corona <laughs> thing happens. So I want to make sure I don't look snug and tug. I want to look comfortable. <laughs> so I have to really track where I am today, take inventory, but then just make sure that I am looking at the progressive changes, right, over time. So if that helps. Can y'all hear me? This is better. <laughs> okay, no. Oh, hey, listen, I was in transition, so I was just letting y'all go just then. <laughs> Welcome back. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, hey, so let me ask you a question, uh, uh, Shonda. So over the past, I guess, um, couple of weeks, there's been, uh, you know, what is the trend that you might be seeing with regard to, no, no, I'm sorry. I want to actually back up for a second because something that Alexis said earlier, I felt like that was very important when she was saying that, okay, if she sees finances in one way, right. Yeah. And then maybe the other person, they might not understand credit or know about it, whatever case would be. How do you, uh, considering that a lot of us were not taught fiscal responsibility and we kind of were uh, baptism by fire type situation, what would you say to uh, couples that are trying to transition? Um, uh, you know, one person is just willy-nilly with the money and the other person is trying to be more tactical, particularly in where we are right now. We don't even have time to play no more. So right. yeah. how does that shift happen? I, I mean... So yeah. let, me, let me take um, you guys back a little bit and then mm -hmm. come forward with that. So my parents used to be still are in some regards, financial counsel marital counselors, right? Mm -hmm. um, and particularly they played in the premarital space. So, so when you can identify as an individual, right, how you, what is, what is your financial love language? Mm -hmm. mm. Financial what, love language. Their love languages keep on coming back up, boy, I tell you. Love language. <laughs> then, then you'll be able to better articulate that inside of hopefully premarital you know, counseling or conversations, even if it's not counseling specifically, um, which then can help transcend and translate over into, you know, your, your union. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I think <laughs> those financial love languages, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to tell you I about didn't know that. just based on the That's words. That's a great that, point. I've right? never looked at it that way because there, there is a such thing as financial, you know, love languages. Some people feel they're, they're showing that they care for you by spending money. Yes. Others are showing, listen, I'm cleaning up my credit. I am saving money. Yes. I'm doing this for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then and it's like, those are two different languages. Absolutely. Because it all ties back to our financial value system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. by understanding our value system, by understanding our behaviors and our words, then literally couples can improve that communication and establish a collective financial value system. Notice what I said, collective mm -hmm. financial value system. Right. I would share with you, like I, I just um, brought on a new client and it's been interesting. And I heard him say something that landed with me. I'm always learning from my clients. I never come to the conversation knowing at all. He said, you know, my wife and I, we have a biannual state of the union. I'm sorry, a biannual Very state good. of the household mm. meeting. That's good. And it always includes our, our financials, our goals around it. Where are we? It's check-in points, right? Mm. And so you right. have that individual who's a saver, to Alexa's point. 
-hmm. For them, financial security is usually the primary concern for people who speak the dominant language of saving. Right? Okay. They, they, the, the, the saver primarily saves money because they like to see their money grow like a strong tree. And then it also helps them to feel like they're protecting themselves and their family from hardships. Okay. And emergencies, right? So I think it's valuable, or I should say vital for us to understand, for example, a saver, when you're talking to them, mm -hmm. what you may want to say is, look, you're the best at saving us money. Can you help me find the best deal on a big screen TV so we can stay within our budget? So the same way we speak our love language in regards to quality time, uh, touch, uh, right. Acts of service, all of that. Then right. we have come to on, work. okay, come on, speak my language now. Come <laughs> on, I can jump back in the conversation now. All, all right, of come that on. is important. <laughs> then the giver. Let's talk about the giver. These are people who speak um, from that philanthropic heart, right? Okay. And for most givers, giving is just really an expression of their love, right? They give mm -hmm. their time, they give their money, they give their resources mm. um, to really focus on helping people who are in need. So, I mean, givers should be cautious. You know, if they find that they're giving out of an act of insecurity in exchange for like an emotional connection or to be liked. Sure. But I think the best way to really communicate with givers is just to praise them for, you know, giving from their spirit. Mm. Come on, spirit. So one example for a giver that you may want to say is, listen, you have such a wonderful heart of giving. Let's find some more ways to give where it'll be a bigger impact. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So what you're saying is, this is good now. This, oh, this is good. So what you're saying is, as you understand a person's love language, okay, you can utilize that to help push them in the direction that helps because maybe they understand that part. But the the financial piece is not. So you take the oh, so you take the recipe for the love and you kind of bleed it over into the finance. Come on, Chanda. Come on. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that's good. That's real tactical right there. Because listen, a lot of my men clients or male uh -huh. clients, right? They're huge on investing. I have men who will not save a dime, but they're going to invest every dime. Think about okay. it. They okay. won't because saving and investing, first of all, are distinctly different. Okay. Okay. So men will take their last invested in their business because that's their um, that's the lion's share of what they're passionate about. They feel like they can depend on that more so than the stock market. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. So for, for my investors, um, they, they speak about relative risks and they enjoy watching their money grow or their businesses grow, right? right. They like right. to see the investments in the market. They like to see retirement investments grow. They like got business opportunities, um, you know, scaling and expanding. Right. They invest in their education and they may invest in their team, right? So the best way to communicate with investors is just to discuss transactions or opportunities mm -hmm. as investments, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that when you can also then begin to share the potential return on those investments, it helps to pique their air, pique their interest. So for example, you may want to say to an investor, hey, listen, we could make some great contacts from our business or for our business if we invest $200,000, $2,000 in attending this conference. Okay. Right? Let's say it's right. a marriage con conference. This might be a great way 
Right. So sad, right. Well, this might be a great strategy for hey, a woman think, to use. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get a strategy. You got to give them the house. Because real, true to form. There you go. And then let's talk about our savers because Lord knows we got savers. I mean, spenders, mm -hmm. excuse me. We have some spenders in the house. Our, our spenders, Jesus, help. This is where I, I needed prayer in my relationships of the past. Um, but spending deals directly with the pleasure principle, right? Whether the spending okay. is for someone else or whether the spending is for themselves, they typically find ultimate pleasure in just spending money. And usually it's on stuff. So, you know, spenders can be rebellious when they feel like they're financially deprived or restricted. Let's be honest, right? And and the best way to communicate with a spender is first, guys, we cannot judge. We cannot criticize. We cannot condemn. You cannot judge? Okay, hold on. So you got people in a whole house together and you tell them they spend not the wrong, they cannot judge? Come on now. That's 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 a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> right? I mean, whew. so. So here's my question to you all. How do you point out an area of concern without it landing on the listener's ear as judgment? I, I think personally, um, you, you, you find the asset in the proclivity. Ooh, see, you coming with the word. Go ahead. I know. Listen, I, I don't have my dictionary here. Okay, Mr. T.I.P. Go ahead. I think so if I'm a if I'm an investor slash saver, yeah, and the person that I'm with is a spender, yes, they're in my life to help me enjoy what I have built. Okay. So I don't look at I don't I wouldn't look I would come from the angle of I see where you're going. You get what I'm saying? Like mm. I'm, I'm gonna come from the angle of you're a spender. You're in my life to help me enjoy what we put aside for our future. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look at you as a nuisance. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you for us to put together your ability to enjoy what we have and my ability to invest and save for the future and see how we can have, uh, um, see how we can have heaven on earth when you put both of those together because Man. if you put enjoyment together you'll have a blast that but that takes uh that takes a lot of that's a lot of upfront self work knowing where you are that's a that's a lot of upfront work of you knowing yourself first but the blessing of that is that if you have a person that walks into a relationship with that type of understanding of themselves they're able to partner with somebody and look for that same attributes so then they can walk forward what because what you just said sounds real good but that's like two people who know themselves individually financially but it's not only that right because if i have a a let's say as a man and my woman is a spender yeah. mm -hmm. everything the only way that i'm going to to it's about making somebody feel safe and valuable okay so if i let you know that your your spending habits can be an asset to our family if if funneled properly, if used and, properly, okay. and given a clear vision. So it has I say, to be baby, parameters. Exactly. If I say, baby, like here's the vision. Mm -hmm. This is where we're going. 
if we go this route, if we go the spending route, we're not going to get there in the time in which we, we've allotted, which we've discussed. But if we go this route and we strategically enjoy, we, we strategically uh, um, create an atmosphere for you to guide us in the area of enjoying it as we go, mm-hmm. then we're going to have a blast getting to our goal. You, you don't know. Listen, I want to go here real quickly because the way that you're just setting that type of vision, Charles, it sounds really great. And I think that there's some uh, men that can definitely identify with that. Um, but there are also some women out here. And I, and I believe yesterday when we put up a post about, you know, uh, on Facebook about some of the topics that people wanted to discuss. And so a lot of times uh, you might have, let's flip that to whereas the woman is the breadwinner. Um, I know Alexis was speaking about that previously in one of her relationships where she was like more of the breadwinner. So in that space, um, Shonda, you know, do you feel like that, you know, is it that the person who makes the most amount of money should do something like this, should set this vision? Does it matter? Um, it, you know, is it, should it be the woman versus the man? And yeah, I'm going to kind of throw you on the spot real quick because different people feel differently in this area. Some, the man is supposed to head this up. And then women, are, some women are like, but wait, I make more. I'm, you know, I can head this up. Where do you feel? Because that's a back and that's a, a, a pull that we hear about a lot. So let me finish bringing closure to Charles's statement. Okay, sorry, you know, I, listen, my mind be gone. I'm sorry. I love okay. it. I, I love it. I love it. So, so with the spender, how how you don't judge or how you avoid judgment is rather like he talked about. He landed it. He had the, the head on the nail on the head. Is that you develop parameters of spending, right? You 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 don't deprive. So for example, instead of telling a spender that they can't spend because of the budget, spenders don't want to hear anything about no budget. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Right? That's real. I, don't, I don't even really prefer to use that term. I prefer to use a spending plan because I like that. right? Because a budget is really is it's numbers on a sheet of paper or numbers on an Excel an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. However, a spending plan is your plan on how you're going to best spend your money or utilize your money. But needless, needless to say, if, if Charles being the investor and the saver went to his wife and says, hey, babe, here's 2000 for you to spend to get us all around London, she's going to be like, okay, right? Now what he's just done is, is empowered her in her financial love language and, and creating that enjoyment. But He's also creating the collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where we often go astray and awry. So now to, to your question, um, Elam, which I did have it in mind. I was going to circle. Oh, yeah, that's, ju- that's really juicy great. right yeah. now. We got to get, get that juicy. What was the question? Because now I forgot. <laughs> that, was, that was good, though, Charles. That was, that was excellent. Uh, <laughs> Tell me your question again. You want me to repeat my Okay, so yeah, no, no, no. So yesterday, um, on Facebook, put up about you know just some of the things that people wanted to hear about financially. And so the first one that popped up is that hey, I'm making like a buck this, and the guy is making like thirty or forty thousand, right? Okay, so you know, and she was more leading towards a you know how do I? Um, it seemed like how are you able to? still be secure within the relationship or whatever case it be, or some guys are intimidated. But my question was more in the direction because where Charles was going of uh, creating that vision. And so when you have um, some, some people want to go traditional, whereas, okay, man, 
you create the vision for finances, all right? Um, but then you also have some women out here that are shaking and moving. They're just like, well, you know, I make just as much, if not more, or whatever. I want to set that vision. Like, what do you do? You feel like that this that this is something that we should maybe more stick towards traditional that men should should look at it in that capacity? Because I'm trying to share this with the men because most of the time it's more like we're supposed to do this. You know, what do you feel as a as a leader in his home? Um, you know, how do you create that vision? Should it be you as a man to do it? Or should it be just a smarter person in the area? What what? So I think here's the here's here's a uh, an interesting question, right? Um, how many people does it take to create a baby? <laughs> right. Well, it depends on how you want it, those. Stop signs. it! Stop yeah, it! Okay. Stop okay. it, dog. That was for the liberals it out there. It typically takes two. Would you guys agree? Right. <laughs> How many people determine if they're going to enter into marriage? Two. Two. Right. Two. So I think the question, I, I think our line of thinking as to who makes more mm-hmm. is honestly irrelevant. Come on. The vision has to come between the two individuals. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that I start every consultation, and Elam, you can attest to this, I'm asking my individual clients or my couple clients, listen. If you were to look out in the next three years, what are the three most important financial goals that you want to um, right. attain? Right. What are the three most important personal goals that you want to attain? And then what are the three most important professional goals? And the reason why those are equally important is because they're all intimately tied together. Right. And that essentially begins to create the vision. Are y'all following what I'm going here? That right. creates the vision. So. So when I have a couple, I'm sorry, a person who's in a relationship come to me and seek advice, if they're going to move forward with my advisement, with my coaching program, consulting mm-hmm. program, mm-hmm. then we have to base it on what they desire. But also I try to lean on, well, what would your, how would your spouse also respond? So okay. that I can have some idea of the holistic picture, right? But right. in most cases, I don't even want to meet with one of the spouses. Right. Because it's not singular vision. Right. It's collective. So you're basically saying it's not, it, it, one person can't really create this. This has to be created by two. And I think that's important because maybe sometimes people feel like it's an option. I have been in that situation where I'm just like, you know, you better with dealing with money. I just, just tell me what I got to pay. Okay, bye. You know? Um, and so, and I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to go get the bacon and here you write the check. Whereas, you know, in her mind, I learned to understand that, no, she wanted me to become an active participant in that. And so, and now you're bringing validation to that, to whereas this is finances, this is security. So men and women, you, you know, you have to both be involved in, inside of that, that direction. Absolutely. Two quick stories. I um, recently had a young lady reach out to me over Instagram, and she said, Ashana, I've been following you for about 90 days, and I really like your content, your message, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and your brand. And she says, I would like to work with you. Um, and she scheduled an appointment. I asked if her spouse would be joining us. And he really was in the background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as I began to hear him, meaning he wasn't in front of the camera, mm-hmm. right? We were doing our, our virtual meeting. and uh, But I heard him in the room. And so what I intentionally did was I called out his name and drew him into the conversation. Okay. Do you know he showed up to the next meeting, willing, a willing participant? an active participant, fully right. engaged, playing right. full out, right? So now she's like, okay, 
the pressure is not on me to manage this. It's not on me to try to um, bring in the reins, right? I, he, he's seeing where together we can, be, we can be and do more. So that's one couple. Another couple working with, you could tell that there was some serious tension in relationship as it related to money. And unfortunately, he was the spender and she was the saver, but he did just what you said. He went to work, brought home the bacon, told her to cook it, fry it, dish it out, right? Distribute it to all the kids, but he didn't want to have anything to do with it. And all along the way, she's beginning to see where she is progressing and the household is progressing, sending their kids to school and all this totally on their dime uh, without any student loans. But yet he had amassed on his own some serious, significant credit card debt. He wiped it out found himself right back in the same situation. And she's like, listen, I thought we'd be much further ahead than this. So there became frustration, right? But again, because they weren't speaking the same language. Do you know he did not even understand really what a budget meant or looked like? Oh, that's so critical. And that's on the very um, basic level. While she was at advanced into some other things. And so I had to get them on the same page in order for the vision to really come to light. And now they're working together significantly better than they were before. Uh, I do. I, I just have to identify something real quick. Hold on. She's probably going to snap at me. But Alexis, right now, like you got like the church mom look down right now. When you threw that little shawl over you, I was like... It's cute though. It's cute though. It's cute. <laughs> Church mom, look at Charles. Look at you. You just gonna let that sit there. You weren't gonna say nothing. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying how her like hand is disappearing, which is like moving. <laughs> hilarious. Oh my god. But uh, I just had to. You know, I love you, Lex. So um, I had to. Um, I think that the, the budget portion that you're going into, I, I, and I don't, I want to make a, a highlight on that, is I think that that's very important for people to understand and hear again um, that it, it, it takes two in this area. The analogy that's used about the marriage, the baby, and the same thing for the finance, it takes two. Because sometimes, you know, you, you might think that, uh, I don't know, it, you, you're thinking that the money should go in one direction and the other person thing is going to go another direction. And now you have, um, strife that, that jumps in there. So this is something that you have to have two people involved. And what I'm also hearing um, from before, from what Charles is saying, is what makes the, 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 the relationship even better is that you can walk into it knowing um, your space, whether you're the spender, whether you're the investor, whether you are the, the cheap frugal guy, you know, you know, like you don't want nothing to go nowhere. <laughs> is that is that a love language like i can be cheap like it's cheap a love language is that you're the ultimate saver okay there you go so you can put the spin on it that's the, you know but that's that's real um and that can cause strife inside of the home so um and i think we're probably going into part two already now yeah so we can take like a, a health check break or whatever i thought that it would have ended by now i don't I don't know, but hey, before we hold on, before we go into the, the next step, uh, uh, you know, Sean, there's a lot of pieces that you said. Uh, if you just want to let people know where they can follow you um, right now in your book and, you know, social media and all that stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, you got the Teddy Riley stuff going on today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All of us are like, you learned about my son, you need to worry about your connection. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we told him. And I came outside, that, that, that was better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what, what was your question? Houdini. <laughs> uh, okay, so you didn't hear you didn't hear nothing I said. Was it that bad? I, I don't Ooh. think either of us heard anything that she just yeah. asked. Man. Where can they find you and your book and stuff like that? That's what. I Oh, I'm, I'm happy to share that. If only I heard that the first time. No, I'm joking. Um, sure. So you can definitely find me on my website, ashondadavis.com, A-S-H-A-U-N-D-A, davis.com. You can also find me on Instagram as A-D-D financial advisor. I'm sorry, A-D underscore the financial advisor. Um, and you can always schedule a, a complimentary consultation. Just make sure that you mention the Understanding a Man podcast and um you can do that with my calendar link it's www.meetme.so forward slash ashonda davis meetme.so forward slash ashonda davis cool beans and we want to thank you so much for the nuggets that you dropped but before we go uh alexis where can they find you uh i am on instagram at i am miss alexa uh, Twitter, the real Miss Lexo, and I'm a part-time Facebooker, but you can find me at Alexis um, Williams. So, <laughs> absolutely. And Charles, hey, I know you over there texting, bro. Where can they find you, bro? And you find me on Facebook, uh, Charles James. You'll see my funny-looking face. And then if you go Instagram, it's underscore at underscore Charles E in charge, uh, Charles in charge on Instagram. Hey Charles, you want you, you got something coming out not too long from now, right? Should I should we? Should uh, yeah. So I'm a you, you know I'm a musician first, uh -huh. musician, a singer, and a songwriter. So I have a Mother's Day tribute and a record that's coming out uh, May first. I wrote it. I wrote it. I wrote it. I wrote it. You know. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, uh, um, and we want to thank everybody that, that does uh, sponsor and support us. You can uh, make sure you hit the, the sponsorship button at the end uh, to support as we continue towards our uh, men's conference that's got moved to October 24th, and you'll hear more about that. Um, and thank you to our subscribers as well. And we will talk to you in part two, because we're not done, because we need to know what to do with the stimulus money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, people already spent, people already spent it by now. I think they spent it all already. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita. I write what I live. My life in this Oh man! So, all right, so we can do a part two real quick. And previous, let's let's think of a dollar in four quarters. Okay, we take a quarter and we put that towards literally stuff that can go wrong. I know that this is a Christian show. I am a cursing Christian, but I'm going to avoid. All cursing. On this show. <laughs> yeah, but 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 this a real fund, and it's got a cuss word in it. <laughs> like, we seriously have to, got it. to be conscious of. Can I say it? Can I? Do I have permission? Hey, this is the internet. Listen. <laughs> Did the you listen shit? to the podcast with? Uh, uh, I'm about to say she must have missed I it. Haven't, I haven't listened to all of them. I've definitely listened to at least three or four. You missed pretty good stuff. <laughs> the old shit of the world, the old shit stuff hits the fan, and we have to be prepared. This Absolutely. pandemic is right. an old shit situation. There you go. 
right? Eight. And when you have people who have significantly uh, ceased receiving or having the ability to earn their income, right? Do we not classify that as no shit? So yeah, yeah. that's just right. that's just the base layer of having a quote unquote overused form, um, term emergency fund. Hey, and so b- b- before and we go any further, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, those of us, because this is a part two of our financial discussion, and that person that you hear talking is our, uh, just Again? I was doing so well. Um, I'm coming in. So let me know what happens or whatever, but, um, and so we're here discussing, uh, some, uh, some major financial direction, um, inside of this climate. And so, of course, this is the Understanding a Man podcast. And we want to thank everybody for joining. Uh, we, uh, started talking last week in the financial, um, space for Mrs. Mrs. Shonda Davis. And so she is here just already diving in. We just, we just getting quiet with our pens and pencils here, y'all. Cause I, hey, listen. That financial love language, like I gotta go back on that one, cause I. But what am I? The uns. What am I? The un. The the, the, the saving. Ultimate the ultimate saver. Okay. AKA cheat. All right, <laughs> Charles, Charles. Charles, what were you, Charles? What were you? You weren't the spender, right? You. Were, I'm. I'm more. I'm. I'm more investor saver. Okay, investor saver. So, uh, Miss Alexis will be with us in just a moment. So yeah, it's uh. And uh, you know what, uh, Shonda, what are you? What, 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 which one are you? Ultimate saver, saver spend? investor. Okay, okay. So shout out to the cheap folks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hold it down. We have a whole classification. They don't understand us. And it's okay. All right? <laughs> hey, you don't have to like all the love languages, but they are what they are, right? And yeah. uh, so um, and I think that it was, it's important to really just identify that because we some great tips of how to take, you know, just knowing that person's love language period inside a relationship and kind of transition that over into being better, um, more officially responsible. So y'all can catch that episode. But um, uh, Shonda, you know, there was a, these people got these checks, right? Let me tell you, right? They got these checks, they had this man name on it, right? And so some people already spent it, it's been about a week, right? But, um, you know, some people are kind of sitting on it, looking at it in the bank. Some people don't know what to do with it or whatever. And then we also have some people just want to also say that, um, you know, even on the, on the unemployment space, right, you're actually, you know, able to have bigger gains and things of that nature now than probably what some people were even making before. So um, if, we, if we had to look at stimulus and, and some of the infusing of capital that's going on out here, because uh, you walk us in any direction uh, that can help you know, help us as, as individuals and then maybe also inside of our relationships as well. That would be great. Absolutely. So let's unpack it for a moment. And then that was a lot. That was, that is good. That's well, so in understanding the secure act and the cares act, it's important for us to uh, just kind of retouch on, right. What that actually looks like and means because this podcast is going to be with us for years to come. And, and we want to understand what some of the regulatory um, changes have been in order to really understand what we should be doing, right? Or how we should be thinking in regards. But this situation and the regulatory space is forever changing. And I think there's going to be additional updates that may lead to more challenges, but I think it's going to also lead to more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so Congress just approved the refilling of the CARES Act, right? Which is essentially an economic stimulus. 
And I think the thing that we have to focus on is what I help my clients to do. And that's to focus on what you can control even when dealing with uncertainty. Okay, so the CARES Act is the first stimulus act. And I won't go into all of it, but let me unpack a couple of things that are important to identify. So here we are now on April 25th, 2020. And this law was actually passed March 27th. So it seems like a century ago, but it was literally right. just a month ago, right. right? And it was a $2 trillion relief package. Now, the first component of that, because there's essentially four layers that I only want to provide an aerial view, a high level on, to then put some structure and tips and recommendations around. A is the stimulus check. Who doesn't like to see their bank account stimulized? Who doesn't like to, to have someone stip, stimulate our hands with extra cash, right? Right, right. Um, but how does it work, right? So this stimulus check is it's an advance on our tax credit. So it's going to come off of our 2020 tax liability. Now, if there is not a tax liability that's greater than $1,200 that you may receive as an individual, then it doesn't have to be refunded. You do not have to refund it to the government. So for individuals receiving $1,200, married couples are now eligible, of course, to receive that $2,400 amount. And then if you have dependent children, that's $500 per child. But here's the caveat. You know, when it comes to having our children on our health insurance, then we can look at keeping our children up. Uh, I'm sorry. We can look at covering our children up to the age of 26. Well, dependent care or dependent age is 17 years or younger okay. so, so we have to be very intentional around that so we may have kids who are in college right they will not be classified as a dependent right so understand that now let's talk about the unemployment insurance benefits yes it's been enhanced significantly um the normal one week waiting period has been waived so 100 percent can be received as early as the first week which mm -hmm. is great news for a lot of people um they have in increased it by $600 per week for up to four weeks. I'm sorry, four months. And so that's, that's strong. Um, um, but we must have had earned income above 42,000. So um, I think it's important to understand that this unemployment benefit must and still require you to um, complete all of the necessary active seek uh, this yeah, active seeking of employment while you're on it. So that's important. And the last piece that I wanna talk about and then we'll talk around the tips, is the student loan payment deferral. So anyone with a federal loan, not a private, right, um, isn't required to make a payment until September the 30th. The beautiful part to that is that interest does not accrue <laughs> either. So we all love, listen. Take advantage of it. I'm still paying them. I am still paying them. That's, this, that's the tip that I'm about to come to, right? Okay. Um, and it's going to apply to all of it. What'd you say? Oh no, I didn't say nothing. I listen, I'm all ears. Like, what you about to say? Hold on. <laughs> so listen, while the payments are not required, of course, they're still accepting voluntary payments, right? Okay, okay. So now this is where there's no one size fits all. Once again, we have some individuals who've totally lost out on income. Right. So they may be trying to sustain the roof that's over their head. Right. Food that's on the table, lights right. that are on, and gas in the car, even though they may not be going far. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right? That's so it depends on where you are. If you're still gainfully employed, then it might make sense to 
pay down the um, student loan because you're not accruing interest in this time period. So more is going towards your principal payments, right? Okay, right. That's someone like you, Elam. Mm -hmm. And also one of my clients, it became more advantageous to them to reallocate that money that they were paying on student loans to high interest debt mm. or to put a significant dent or eradicate and eliminate certain credit cards mm -hmm. and or certain auto loan payments. Right. So it, again, it just depends on the person. And then the last one is, listen, if you are on the public student loan forgiveness program where 120 payments or essentially 10 years is required, you may not want to disrupt that payment structure. Right. So um, tax and retirement. Let me speak to the retirement piece if I can, because you and I, we had this conversation quite extensively, and I think it's important to highlight. Can I take a minute? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is essentially where we've seen the bulk of the revisions. And I think the key areas that are relevant is that knowing that we as individuals, we can, you know, draw up to 100000 from our IRAs, our 401ks, any of those qualified plans. Qualified plans are typically plans that your employer offers you. Non-qualified plans are typically plans that you individually establish, like a traditional um, IRA or a Roth IRA. Okay, here's the beautiful part about the act. The, that typical or traditional 10% penalty for withdrawing money prior to us reaching age 59 and a half, and I don't believe anybody on this call is even over, I think I might be the oldest one. Jesus, help. But <laughs> at the point is, is that, I think, yeah, I think you might be right there with me. Thank God. But you, we all know that if we take a distribution before reaching 59 years and a half, then we're going to, uh, we're going to um, experience a penalty. That's 10%. And then we know there's a typical 20% mandatory withholding and we're taxed. All of those things are played into dipping into those funds. And so literally they put those parameters around it because they're trying to help people literally have a uh, financial future that's equivalent to their current lifestyle. Right, right, right. right? So I don't, I, I'm glad now that they're kind of relaxing those requirements because mm -hmm. it's, it's a good space for people to be able to um, use those reserves for things that they need. But here's a couple of things to note. It's not an automatic condition. The plan design that you're in, it has to adapt the language for this to be applicable. And then the second thing that is important for us all to understand is that um, you must show proof that you have a direct impact as a result of the coronavirus or COVID-19. Whether that's you've tested positive, you're caring for someone who has tested positive, you're unable to work due to you know, being quarantined, or you've had a significant loss of income. And my business owner clients, my um, you know, W-2 clients, most of us have been in some ways directly impacted. So just make sure your plan design relates to all that. So here's a couple of tips around operating and being financially fit in this corona environment. Number one, listen, everything, everything regarding a financial plan starts with your spending plan, right? It, it takes your income, what? identifying your expenses, your unexpected expenses to be able to really make sure that you have at least the foundation established. But then secondarily, 
it's important to reallocate money, right? I saw a lot of people who went on a shopping frenzy as a result of COVID-19. And there was more money that was placed in their freezers and on, in their, their toilets, toilet paper, right? Then I'm not gonna right. say that was necessary, but what I will say is that now that things are beginning to shift a bit, we mm -hmm. have to be cautious of um, the reallocation. So while we may not be driving as frequently, right? That's money that's saved there. And most times it's being consumed in the, in the grocery bill. But I find that a lot of people are buying more than what they actually need. And so there's a huge waste. I, and I want to stop right. I want to stop right there um, for a second because just for even what you said with regard to the whole food and just paying attention. And this isn't probably one of the sexiest topics um, when you start sometimes talking about money because um, you know and the direction that some people might need to take. <laughs> you have to repeat. I you're doing good too, man. How is it? Take what was two. A, okay, take two. Uh, maybe I just need to talk slower. Is this better? Is everybody able Go to talk? Huh? Go ahead. Damn. That's not working. Now I forgot what I was going to say, man. <laughs> um, oh, with the, with the, the trending spending that kind of existed, we could say, with regard to food, right? People acted like like all the food was just going to go out the stores, right? And I think that, um, and, and yes, we are in a space that we haven't been in before. Correct. I think that um, before we jump out there a lot of times to spend in certain ways, we really want to sit back first for a second instead of just being so impulsive, you know? I mean, toilet paper, y'all? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's you really want to get right down to it. Toilet paper, y'all. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I just, it, when you went there with the whole spending, like, their food bills have almost doubled out of, uh, out of thinking that something was going to be scarce. Yeah, and I mean, I think because we've never experienced this before, but we have experienced tornadoes, hurricanes, you know, we've experienced some natural disasters. And typically in a nat natural disaster state, what do we typically do? We go out and make sure that we have sufficient resources for the things that we would typically use on a day-to-day -day basis. So I get it. I do get it. But what I find that a lot of us don't do is that we don't first take inventory of where, what we have. If you already mm -hmm. have 10 rolls of toilet tissue and you look out the next week, you know what I mean? Maybe you have enough so that others can get what they need right? Um, maybe your refrigerator or freezer is already stocked with the necessary things, and maybe you only need to identify certain items. So that's just something simple, but, you know, meal planning helps as well. I found myself getting bored in the house, and even though we had the stay-at-home order, I would run to the store after my uh, meetings every day just to get out. And so as a result of that, I was buying stuff that I didn't need, so I'm throwing myself in, right? I'm throwing Guilty. myself into the equation. I am not perfect. Yo, the grocery store is like one of the dopest places to go, right? <laughs> like that's the only place we were able to go before Atlanta just reopened. Yesterday. Hey, yo, hey, uh, I'm about to go to the grocery store. Right. The cops couldn't put on the finest. Legitimate, it was a legitimate thing. Hey, listen, no, 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 but that's late. Uh, you know, my singles, y'all might re really need to head to that grocery store looking, you know, turn it up a little bit. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you can find your 
person in the grocery store now. Listen, we I'm might be looking for the same apple, <laughs> the same orange, who knows, <laughs> right? But, but, here, but here's the thing on that. So just be mindful. Let's not, uh, let's pull in the reins. Let's create <laughs> shopping lists. Let's take inventory. Let's create a meal plan. Um, and then I think it's also important to continue saving in this environment. If you have a surplus, listen, don't take that surplus and squander it. Right. This is still an important environment for you to continue to stack that savings. And the savings can, again, be for emergencies. It could be for business opportunities. It could be to purchase more stock, you know, get enough for um, the actual cost, the price point of the stock. Um, it can be for a variety of different reasons. My point is, don't take the pedal of saving. Um, this is a great opportunity for you to, number three, take a look at your investment portfolio. A lot of my clients have lost between 10 to 20%, right? And so in that space, it becomes, okay, well, I understand the loss. Let me take a deep breath. Right. Potentially let me either A, reallocate, where I have a, 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 a better balance between my equities and my bonds, right. or it might be a situation where, you know what, I'm experiencing too much of a loss. Let me just, let me shift my allocation quite substantially. You know, it just depends on whether the person is either risk averse. I feel like I'm at a space in my life where I'm more loss adverse than I am risk, which means I don't like to see loss. This is just my truth as an okay. I'm an investment advisor, I'm an insurance provider, and I'm an everyday money matters professional and counselor, right? right? right, right. The reality is because I've cussed 40, every dollar that I work hard to earn, particularly as an entrepreneur, I literally don't want to see it gone. Come on, cuss. I like that. I'm going to start using that. I have cussed 40. I like that. I'm sorry. So, you know, I always try to coach my clients when, when it's appropriate that there are nine asset accounts that we should really look at spanning our investment opportunities around, right? Okay. And so I'm, I'm taking my foot off the pedal on, on stocks, quite honestly, and leaning more towards those safer investment tanks where my principal is protected. But that's right. my strategy. I'm not saying that's necessary for everybody. I just know I want to wake up well-positioned in retirement. And so if I have to take less risk, which means less return, I'm okay with that. Because if I take more risk, then I might lose more. And so I'm not okay with that. But that's, again, my philosophy. So take a look at your investment portfolios and see where you may need to make some um, alterations or some reallocations or rebalancing. Um, and then the third thing that I wanted to, I'm sorry, the fourth thing that I wanna encourage everybody to is listen. If you take a distribution from your 401k, 403b, 457, IRA, traditional Roth, or whatever have you, listen, the same way you would have a structured repayment plan, you're important enough to pay yourself back. Okay. I always tell my clients to save first, right? Pay yourself first. But the, the thing that most people don't really understand is, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Does that mean that I shave off, let's say, 10% and I can go blow it at the, um, <clears throat> one of those, what, what was the name of one of the places Charles mentioned? It wasn't Versace. It was some, some place. Uh, trapeze. What is it? Uh, 
<laughs> okay. Right? So do I pay myself and take this money to go to that place that I still can't pronounce? Right? <laughs> so, the, or does it mean I literally keep this consistently, consistently see it grow or, you know, um, so it can mean different things, but I think it means you retaining it, not spending it. The spending is consumption. Right. Retaining it is retention. And that's what we want to make sure that's there. So we have a financial floor that we cannot fall through. <laughs> can I dive in real quickly? Because, I mean, we do a lot of work, you know, and there's sometimes, and I don't know, Charles, or Alexis, how y'all feel about this, but sometimes I just, I want a little something for me. Okay, like you talking about all this saving and stuff. Like I get it. Thank but you. I'm not thank living. You for me back to that. So Elam, let's let's not let's not act like let's not act like we haven't created a cash allowance. I mean, you're right you inside of your spending plan. So so why don't you speak to uh, your own cash allowance and and how it's worked out for you? What have we had to do that's not not just just related to savings, but it gives you something to enjoy life today with. I will, I, okay, and as I have stuck to that, okay, it is but something tell us, that, what is that? What is that? I mean, it's just, it's a, I guess I could just do whatever fun. We're a recreation fund, all right? And so I'm able to spend that regardless of, you know, whatever else that has to go on, and it does feel good. And then that old shit fund that you were talking about that, I mean, I had those happen in 2019, you know, I don't, especially if you have a house, hey, the house, something going to happen. So all of a sudden, basement said, let's flood. Oh, okay, and let's let the insurance not cover it, okay? So, you know, I had to, uh, in order to prevent mold, which would have went to so many other things, um, that, that fund was available. So you're right. And, and I get that, you know, of having that recreational fund. So I'm trying to take it somewhere else, but you want to go in and use uh, uh, no, 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 a real no. example. Because I think I think it's important for your listeners and your followers to understand that this isn't depriving us of life, right? And I think even in this epidemic, um, this isn't going to last forever. This is temporary. We may we may not return to normal. I don't even know if we remember that, but we'll establish a new norm. Right. And so for the person who might be experiencing high credit card debt, then I'm not re recommending that you don't go anywhere, that you don't, you know, find ways to, you know, find yourself on the beach as Alexis's background was earlier <laughs> on in the first segment. Right. No, we plan for each element of that. And for the house, like I was just talking with another client, what if you had a house savings fund, right? for matters such as the basement flooding. What if Charles had the ability to invest 50% back into his business that's above and beyond what he needs to live, but also has a, an amount that he can leverage in the event of a situation occurring? Like, so these things just make sense, but building enjoyment into your life, oh, that's a, that's a central part of my message. I have a vacation fund established. Right. To be able to enjoy and do the things that I like. Now, everyone doesn't enjoy taking, you know, vacations to, you know, cakes and turcos. Like, that, that may not be their thing. But uh, you find your thing, you fund it appropriately, and you do all the other things that are also necessary. You know, Charles, unless y'all quiet, I, would, I mean, I, <laughs> I know y'all have a study mode. So yeah. have some of the information. <laughs> so, it's good information, you know. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I um, I uh, and so and were you leaning more into what some people might need to do with regard to you know the stimulus portion? Because I, you know, some people spent that twelve hundred, right? And so if you had to take, let's just take twelve hundred for a second and break it down or whatever, or you know whatever, what would you say you know would would be the best direction for that? Or is there? No, it goes back to what I said. It depends on on the person's situation. Mm-hmm. What's going to best benefit them? Maintaining their lifestyle, paying down the student loans, for example, right? Even with that stimulus check, is it reallocating um, some of that stimulus money to a high interest credit card or maybe putting a dent in your credit card or your, your automobile loan or, you know what I mean? It just depends on mm-hmm. the person's individual circumstance. One, situ- one answer would not suffice for all right you know what you need to do with your stimulus check right. <laughs> <laughs> <And then> unanimous <laughs> absolutely who, who, who do you who I, I didn't get one but huh who do you I, use I for your get... internet <laughs> well, I know okay you. you know what that's payback that's payback you got you... <laughs> Oh, I okay. wasn't expecting that. So we need to infuse some money into your oh, internet provider. That's messed up. Daddy, Listen, I don't know what's going on, man. And I came upstairs. I thought it was better up here. I don't know. Let's gotta turn it up. But uh, well, but that was good, Alexis. Yes, all right. We won in one. We won in one. We won in one. So um. So do you guys have any, any questions or whatever for Shauna as we, you know, want to uh, wanna respect her time or what there's a there's so much knowledge that we got from this is one of those you gotta go back and listen to and go back and listen to again because growth is a continuous process in this financial area. But um any questions that you guys have? Because I I gotta go back and look at some of my notes. I thought I knew what I was doing. Miss <laughs> Davis, my my question would be what advice would you give to single men who want to be married mm. in number one, number one, establishing, uh, and I'll get straight to it. Um, we've talked about saving. We've talking about, we've talked about enjoying your money. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about investing. We've talked about making right decisions, but for the single men who, who plan on having a family, uh, what should be the things that they do to uh, set up that future family? Because uh, one of my one of my mentors talked to talked to me about a future family account that he put money into whatever he, his vision was for that uh, and that being uh, uh, an engagement ring to being able to uh, uh, put money towards a wedding. Be, uh, you know what I'm saying? All that stuff. So. What would what 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 advice would you give to young men who or single men who want to be married and want to get a head start in being able to cover their family financially? Absolutely. It's First of all, a round of applause for that because that's the right mindset, I think, to have. Absolutely right. So that's awesome. Okay. I do agree. Uh, I do agree. And 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 Charles, what you just um really focused on goes back to the premise of what all of my consulting and, and initial consultations involve. What is your vision 
what are your values, and what are your goals? And so when you can identify them, but then the next important thing is to prioritize them. Yeah. Right? The third most important piece, I'm holding up two fingers, I meant to put up the third, so let me go ahead and use three. (laughs) (laughs) The third most important piece is to put it on a time horizon, so that way you can reverse engineer your plan, right? Mm -hmm. So, you you know, the, the thing is, is that you may not know when you're getting married. However, what you might know, the variables that you do understand are, okay, I would want to spend no more than 20K on a ring. I'm just totally throwing that out there. That's a good number. That's a real good number. Throw that on out there, right? Or I I may want to spend no more than... On a 20K ring, ring, she might say yes, just... (laughs) She might not even like this. Yes. (laughs) Right? Or or I don't want to spend any more than, you know, uh, 15,000 on a expense paid uh, wedding right or all-inclusive wedding whatever you call those things i haven't been married so i can't the term isn't coming to me right now but the the point is you can reverse engineer based on the amount that you feel most comfortable with paying your max amount your minimum amount Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then look at what your capacity is right now in your current economic situation your current economic situation is your income minus your expenses as well as your and and check this out your savings and investment is also an expense Yeah. Right? Yeah. So reverse engineer that amount. And if it takes you, if it's nothing but, you know, a hundred dollars that you can put into that purpose centered savings account or purpose centered money market account or, or, or CD, whatever it is, then you want to make certain that you're putting what you can as frequently as you can, as systemically as you can as possible. Right. So I want to speak to one thing. I highly recommend, like I said, looking at your time horizon and then making sure that your contributions are automated. I don't recommend that though when you're looking at paying down debt. I don't recommend and suggest automating your debt payments. And I'm gonna explain why, but I won't give too much away because I want you guys to get the book, Wealth Over Riches, 10 Principles to Shift from Looking Rich to Building Wealth Habit. Another plug. Okay. But the point is you want to make certain, and I shouldn't have, oh, I don't lost my thought of pause for a second. And again, just say thank you. This has been a fun thank conversation. You. Absolutely. A fun conversation. So uh, I love to be invited back. I can get into relationships. I, trust me, I've had my fair share of relationships. The, the do's, the don'ts, the shall nots. But uh, you can definitely find me. <laughs> You can find me at ashondadavis.com. You can also find me at AD underscore the financial advisor on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Um, But definitely on Facebook, you can find me just under Ashonda Davis. And the way you spell that is A-S-H-A-U-N-D-A and then D-A-V-I-S. Thank you. Cool beans. Thank you so much. And uh, Miss Alexis, where can they find you, man? Yes. Find me on Instagram at I am. M-S-L-E-X-O. I am Miss Lexo. Um, and Twitter is the real Miss Lexo. And uh, I will see you guys and, and talk to you soon. Absolutely. And uh, Lexus, you have a podcast as well. If you want to share where they can find you there. I do. I have a, a personal development podcast. It's a solo podcast. And it uh, can be on, found on Anchor, uh, actually all platforms. And it's called A Little More of Alexis. Um, 
so yeah, you can find me there. Cool beans and Charles with all your with your albums and all that. Let them know. <laughs> Charles James, you can find me on uh, Instagram at underscore C H A R L E S E N Charge Charles in Charge, and on Facebook you type in Charles James and you'll see my beard somewhere. Let's <laughs> like shave it and off for the quarantine. Elon oh, can right. also extend this to your right. listeners and followers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, financial planning is not about having a certain income level, right, or asset amount. So I definitely want to just encourage everyone, wherever you are, start with some type of financial planning. Seek out an, um, an, a financial advisor, counselor, coach in some regards. And if you had interest in anything that I said and you would like to at least have a consultation, um, I believe in adding value even mm-hmm. in the consultation. Okay, so you can definitely schedule a complimentary consultation using my calendar link, uh, which you can select two ideal days and times, and you can click on the link. It's www.meetme.so, S-O, forward slash my name, Ashonda Davis. Come on, so. I see the little spirituality in it. Come on, so. And, you know, we're going to have to have you back uh, because finances is, uh, is an ongoing conversation. So thank you so much. And, uh, you know, hey, uh, thank you to everybody that has supported the Understanding a Man podcast. Feel free to click on the little you know, sponsorship button right there. It's, like, it's over there to the right. Right there. And click on that. Uh, as you continue to support us, thank you so much as we have our men's conference coming up October 24th. So stay tuned for more information. You will see this lady there. All right, as well. So um, so we got we got to talk about this money, okay? Get this bag and keep the bag. You you can't just get the bag. You got to keep the bag too. Yeah, Yeah, don't fumble the bag. (laughs) 